how I, I look at my vision is I always tell people, get your backpacks on, climb the mountain, get to the top, put your flag on and say, oh, yeah, I made it to the top. But then little do people know there's another mountain to climb. As an entrepreneur, you never, never stop. If we didn't go through the days when we didn't have any customers, when nobody was walking through our door, where we were figuring out what was our next step, how are we going to do it? If we would have got the Yelp number one 10 years ago, we would have crashed and crumbled because we wouldn't have been prepared the way we are. That's Athena and Melina Sippel of TKB Deli, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Athena is the family matriarch and founder of TKB Deli, the number one rated restaurant in the nation on Yelp in 2018. Her daughter, Melina, is the new generation owning and running TKB Deli with her two older brothers and expanding the family business into a flagship in the Coachella Valley. On this episode, we discuss how the family business started, the secrets to a successful family business with five passionate and independent people, the differences between business and entrepreneurship, and what great customer service really means. All right. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hi. Hi. Um, I am really excited today to have the mother-daughter duo um, behind the number one uh, deli bakery in America on Yelp, TKB Deli, the kids' business, um, on the line from Indio, California. Um, Hi. Cool. Hi, everyone. So I would love it if you guys um, would introduce yourself and tell us more about yourselves. Okay, I'll start with me. Perfect. I'm, uh, my name is Athena Sippel, and I am the uh, founder of the uh, TKB Bakery and Deli in Indio, California. So my mom always sells herself short. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she, yes, she's a founder. She's the, she's the creator of all the products. She's the backbone of our business. Um, if it wasn't for her and my dad, my brothers and I wouldn't have what we have today. Um, I'm the daughter, my name is Melina. I'm the daughter of the family, the youngest, uh, it's my two older brothers and I, we run the retail bakery and deli. And then we also have a hotel cookie dough company and we've been doing it since 1994. So this year would be 25 years that we've been in business. Which is so crazy because it's been a family business for so long. And even before you and your brothers were involved, you were still involved, right? Yes. Yes. Even as children, uh, we were always working at the shop, uh, you know, after school, before school, weekends. So we've really, we've really been there with my parents um, a lot, uh, you know, even as much as we are now. Athena, where did the idea come from to start TKB? The idea? Um, well, uh, 
from the cookie dough, it started with chocolate chip cookie dough. And it also started with, uh, my husband was a stockbroker and he always told me the story of the Pace Picante woman and the Lowry's, um, Lowry's creator that he knew being a stockbroker. And how it came about was I was a pastry chef and I also was a home economics major. So I, I had a love for muffins, cookies, and gosh, I, I, all I did was think of food. It, it, was, it was crazy. I was always creating and always in the kitchen and just loving food, loving, loving that, to create. And so it started with that. And, and how the kids got involved was um, they needed Christmas money. And, um, and I didn't know what to do for them. So I said, hey, let's go door to door selling cookie dough. And we did. And I taught the kids the ropes of entrepreneurship just by going door to door selling cookie dough. And my daughter can tell the story to this day is I used to make cookies for them, muffins for them and wrap them so nice and beautiful. And she used to put it in her backpack and she used to sell it, you know, at school. She used to sell it going door to door and she would raise money for um, for camp and so she's been doing this since she's been a little girl. So that's did, it. Sorry. So, no, no, you're perfect. So did you go from, um, were, were you at first a stay at home mom and then you decided like, oh no, I can do a business selling this. Like how did it go? Cause you started first in the wholesale space, right? Creating doughs for places um, like grocery stores and um, correct. Is that how it started? Oh, Absolutely. Um, it started at Gelson supermarkets on Tarzana, you know, mm-hmm. Tarzana area. And that's when the big gig of the coffee, coffee came around the corner. And, um, so they were, you know, when the coffee craze was coming around the corner, Starbucks was just coming around the corner. And so they needed product to sell with the coffee. And I could remember at the time, the guy who was the buyer, he had said to my husband, cause we knew him cause you know, my husband was a stockbroker. So he was introduced to, to this gentleman and um, he said, can you do a low-fat red raspberry muffin? And I remember that. And he said, if you can do this raspberry, this low-fat red raspberry muffin, he says, then you got the whole bakery case of doing all the muffins. And it was creating muffins that were um, raw dough in a 10-pound bucket, and it was called scoop and bake at the time. And so it was a real challenge for me. It was a, it was a real, real challenge for me. And I had to make sure that the customers would come back and, and I did it. And I was able to sell a hundred 10 pound buckets a week for this coffee bar in Tarzana, California. And then it just, it just went from there. And I was working, my husband and I, there's so many stories. It's like an endless amount of stories (laughs) of people that walked through my path Mm -hmm. that helped me. And we went from there to the grocery store chain of AJ's Fine Foods in Arizona, uh, Whole Foods, which we still do to this day. And uh, we go the back door and, and uh, we sell cookie dough, scone dough, um, muffin dough. And what happened was I kept going to these grocery store chains and selling, but I didn't get that recognition that people knew me because it was always the bakery people who were scooping, baking, scooping, baking in hotels and all country clubs everywhere. And so I said, I want to be recognized. I want to do this myself. I want to open up my own bakery and let people see me. And um, so it went from there to it went to a sandwich shop. And my co-goal 
was to be able to do all my bakery products so people can come in there and buy all the muffin flavors and cookies and scones. And so to this day, I finally got my dream and it's even going to be even bigger. So, but anyways, well, well, <laughs> that's it's, it. it's going to be bigger because you guys are opening this new fabulous location um, in India, right? Yes. Yes. Melina, do you want to tell us so, about the new location? Well, let me just say this before Melina talks sure. is that I was, I'm the original OG from the beginning. Melina can, can tell all the young women out there of the second generation of what she's going to create. So go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks for the okay. intro, Mom. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so about a year ago, we purchased uh, four acres of land across the street from where our building is now in uh, North Indio. Um, so we purchased uh, four acres of land in North Indio off Golf Center Parkway. And we, um, we're going to be building a restaurant from the ground up. It's going to be 10,000 square foot. And our, our dream, our goal is that it's going to be a landmark from travelers coming from Phoenix to Los Angeles off the 10. Uh, fast, casual food. We're going to have a dog park. We're going to have an amphitheater. So we really want to make it like this destination when you are on the 10 and you're in the middle of the desert. There's nowhere to go. You can get healthy, fresh, home, you know, that like mama's home cooking. And then we just, we want to have music. We want to have, you know, families come, park your trailer, park your boat and have a good time. That's our goal. The mirage in the desert. Exactly. Exactly. And what's really great is that, you know, there's nothing like that out here. There's nothing trendy, LA. There's no vibe like that, especially in North Indio. It's it's a lot of franchise fast food, um, you know. So we're hoping that we're the first of our kind out here, and we can really be like a platform for Indio to take hold of it and do more stuff around the city because everybody goes to Palm Springs, Palm Desert, and everybody just comes out to Indio for that one time for Coachella Music Festival. And they forget that, you know, we also are a product of the desert and we have a lot of the same stuff that Palm Springs and Palm Desert have. So we're kind of like the hidden, hidden gem, you know, like the, what do you, what do you call it? Like the, what do you say? Yeah. Like the rock, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think it's the hidden gem. Like there's, there's the diamond in the rough. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, it's so true. I mean, um. You know, I found out about TKB Deli through Brandon, um, your your brother, who uh, we had met through Landmark, and he kept being like, come to our deli, come to our deli, and finally we did. And once you have a sandwich there, like, you really don't want a sandwich from anywhere else. Um, like, yes. it's so good. And it's not like the food is amazing, but there's a whole experience that goes with it between, like, the staff and all of you working there and the energy and... Like, I remember walking in and, you know, everybody talking to all the patrons as they come through and calling out people by their first names. Like, you guys know the community and, like, giving first responders and military people, like, they get to cut the line. They get free food. Like, there's all these, like, really great things that you guys build into your model that celebrates the community that you from, you're, you come from. And 
honors the people that hold your same values, which I think is really cool and is missing in so many other businesses that exist today. Yes, it totally is. You know, even like when I go out to eat, um, I try to, you know, see, I try to picture myself as a consumer and even, you know, going back to our place and doing the same for the people that walk through the door. So my brothers and I, the main thing that we believe is that if we were to come through our own door, how would we want to be treated? And I think that we've had that motto for since about six years ago when we didn't have anybody coming through the door and it would just be me and my two brothers. So it's really crazy to me um, doing all these interviews, going on the news for this, this Yelp that we got the, you know, top in the nation and seeing the lines out the door that are just like these people keep coming. And we're like, where are these people coming from? But it all started like six years ago when we wanted people to come through the door. We didn't have anybody coming through the door. So we thought, you know, what do people want? Well, people want to be treated good and people want to be known. They want to be heard. And if I were to go somewhere and my sandwich wasn't made properly, I wouldn't want an added, you know, attitude about it. I wouldn't want my money back. I would just want to be taken care of, you know? So when people walk through our door, our main thing is that we make eye contact, good energy, smile. If I'm not having a good day, I tell my brothers, look, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take a break, go in the office because I just have an attitude or whatever. So I try to pull myself away when I'm not in that space. And we give free cookies to all first timers. All kids get free cookies. Uh, we just treat you like family. We treat you like friends. And the food is phenomenal. You know, obviously we have, we have the best food. We make it from scratch. We make it with love. And we just take care of people. That's, that's what it's all about. And people just keep coming back because they love to, be, love to be taken care of. You know, I have all these regulars. And when I see that they're waiting at the end of the line, I pull them up and I say, I already know what you want. Here's your cup. You know, I'll bring your sandwich to your table. And they just, they love that. And I would love that. If I would go to a place like Starbucks, for instance. You know, you go to Starbucks every morning, every morning. You go to your coffee shop every morning. And you kind of feel like, shouldn't they know my order by now? I've been coming here for months, you know? So <laughs> you feel really special if, you know, a young girl or young man is like, oh, yeah, you know, caramel macchiato, extra shot, nonfat milk. You're like, yes, thank you. You know, and it just makes the experience so much better that you walk in somewhere, they know your order, uh, they know who you are, and they take care of you. I mean, I think that's the secret that, you know, if you, especially in the foods, you know, service and restaurant world, if you can make someone feel special, that is the number mm -hmm. one way to victory. It's not about how much money can I make on the sandwich. It's can I make you feel special because that is going to equal so much more than money, so much more than margin in the long run. Um, it's it's yes. bigger than any math that you can do um, because at the, there's so much competition, one. And two, everybody wants to feel special. Everybody. Um, everybody. Yeah. So why not feel special and get comfort food at the same time? Yeah. And you know, you know, another thing I, I learned too is going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. So, so I learned a long time ago that if I, let's say for instance, um, I'm out of onions, right? I never, my whole thing is never 86 anything. If I have it on the menu, I better have it in house because I hate going somewhere and I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, shredded beef tacos. 
And I go on a Friday night with my boyfriend out on a date and they're like, well, we're out. And it's like, well, what the heck? You know, like I drove 15 minutes to my favorite spot to have this item. And you don't have it. That would be a turnoff for me. So I've really prided myself and my family that I tell my brothers, look, we can't 86 anything, anything we can't. And, you know, if I'm out of onions that morning because the, uh, you know, distribution didn't send me any, they were out. Guess what I do? I get in my car, I drive to the local, you know, store or wherever, and I buy onions and I just make it happen. And that happens all the time. And I think that people, you know, people don't see what happens in the back of the house. But guess what? It happens all the time. You don't have the product. You run out. I just don't 86 anything. That's like my thing. I think that's a great point. And I would love to know, Athena, you know, you, it's, it, it's crazy to me that this whole business started through a connection and a random conversation of like, hey, could you make this? And suddenly it's this huge business that you guys have today. Um, like to go from not having a business to selling the 100 buckets a week to moving into the deli space, you know, at what point did you know, your husband join you in the business? Did he stop being a stockbroker? When did you decide to make it a full family business versus, you know, your personal side hustle? Well, what happened when Paul joined me was um, it just got how it, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to concentrate on being an entrepreneur. You got to give 24 seven to it. And uh, my husband being a stockbroker, he couldn't concentrate on his own business. So he, he just said, you know what? He just went cold turkey and said, here's my retirement money. I'm coming in and I'm going to help you. And uh, it, it was a little tough. It was a little tough because, uh, you know, I, I had a husband who was a stockbroker. He was doing very well. And uh, in fact, it was like I felt like it was a death in the family and, and everything was going to fall on me now to feed the family, to do all that kind of stuff. So I had it, 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 was, it was tough. And he, he came on and we uh we had to what we had to do was he was the person who handled the money which of course when you're an entrepreneur if you have someone who handles all the money it really helps because then it gives me time to create so going into this with a marriage and children and bills and all that it was a tough gig it really was but we knew how there was one thing that we him and I both uh, what we both did for each other is he had to stay in his lane and I had to stay in my lane. We got off of our lanes every now and then, and then we found <laughs> it didn't work for us. Get back in your lane again, and I'll go back. And now it's really cool because uh, he did a hell of a good job in his lane, and so did I. And, and as, you know, 25 years later, we uh, all the time do not step in each other's space. We don't, and that seems to work for us very well. So, yeah, and so he came on board right away. That's really cool. I think it takes something special for, you know, a high-powered spouse to give up their career to support their partner's dream. And I, you know, I love that you're both excited about this business. Like all five of you as a family are so passionate about TKB that it's always top of mind, always top of conversation. You're always looking at how to you know, make a new recipe, make it better, meet new clients, expand the business. And I think it's really cool. Um, and I just want to acknowledge you guys for how unique it is that you have five people in a family who, even if you disagree once in a while about the smaller decisions, 
that as a family, you know that you are committed to the business growing and succeeding for all of you. When, when, I, first, when I first was uh, married to my husband, he, uh, when the day of our, our marriage, he said one of the goals, we all set ourselves goals for every year. And he says, I need to finish college. But when he finished college, um, I had thrown a party for him. And uh, he came up to me and he says, you did it. You did it for three years and you helped me finish college. He says, I owe you. He says, I'm going to, I'm, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to help you with your dream. So we both helped each other with our dreams, but there was one thing that we did do is every year we set goals. Every year we set visions. And I always tell the visions like this for my kids. Well, of course I don't take a hundred percent for my children. And I expect 120%, <laughs> which is above and beyond. And they know that. And there, I always, uh, what I, how I, I look at my vision is I always tell people, get your backpacks on, climb the mountain, you know, get to the top, put your flag on and say, ah, oh, yay, I made it to the top. But then little do people know there's another mountain to climb. Then there's another mountain to climb. As an entrepreneur, you never, never stop. And you could ask that to my daughter, which she will say that, mom. Am I done yet? And she's always climbing a mountain. So, you know, that's how I look. That's how I vision uh, my dreams and my life. You know, like our family, a lot of people don't see like behind the scenes with our family. You know, we have our ups and our downs. It's definitely hard running a business with your family. But the great thing about running a business with your family is the trust and the loyalty. You know, my brothers and I, I, I'm so loyal to them. I, we all win, you know, if the company makes money, we all make money. And I, I, I think that all of us deep down would rather put the money into our parents' retirement, their future, than go work for somebody else and put it in somebody else's pocket. So I think that that we have the same morals with, with that. And I think that's what drives us every day is we know that, uh, by us working together and working hard, we're increasing our family's wealth, our family's success, which we'd rather do that than anything. Well, I think that's a great transition point because, you know, growing up with a family business, there's a lot of people that don't want to stay in it and they don't have the same passions and they don't care about the business that their parents have. You know, as you were growing up and learning to be your own entrepreneur, you know, did you struggle deciding if you wanted to stay out in the desert and stay with the company or was it an easy decision? And, and how did you get to how you feel about it today? Yeah, I always want, I always had um, a love hate with the business. Uh, so did my brothers, my middle brother, Nate, he's always been uh, all about TKB, but you know, I think he's also struggled with it uh, within, you know, he, he um, goes in and out of enjoying it, being mad at it, frustrated, all that. Uh, Brandon as well. Brandon definitely, Brandon and I have been on the same, like we tried other things. We've come back in, we've come back out. And I think the main thing that kept us coming back was working for yourself. I think that because we started the business as such young kids, that we saw that we didn't need to work for anybody, that we knew how to sell. We knew how to be hustler, mini hustlers and make our own money. So I think that if we didn't have TKB or, you know, God forbid, if anything were to happen, I think that we would just 
start our own businesses, whatever those, you know, whatever our passions might have been. Um, but definitely the thing that, that drove me always back to TKB was not having a boss. Mm-hmm. I really, I would go work for other people and I just didn't like, I didn't like being bossed around by other people because not that I like knew what I needed to do, but I think that I liked the whole mentality of like doing sales, doing customer service, going out door to door and getting customers. Like, I don't think that I would ever just did like a nine to five and like sat at a desk or, Mm -hmm. you know, been like a teacher or something like that. I think that it's like in my nature to always want to make more money. And what could I do? Could I flip this? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just always, you know, I mean, you listen to my mom and I just, my mom, my dad have always taught us how to make money and how to, you know, invest our money, how to, um, everything, sales, all that. Well, I think it's, it's clearly, you know, in, in the DNA at this point that to be self-made and to be a self-starter. Yes. I think it's it's different than what a lot of people have been taught because the common, you know, practical method they would say is to, you know, go to college, get a job and, you know, separate work and life. And I really have a complete racket about just the phrase work-life balance because to me it's like saying I'm looking for like spring seasonal balance, like work is part of your life. <laughs> and yeah, like it, it doesn't. Like your life has so much in it and work is part of it. And it's such a huge part of it because one, it allows you to do everything else you care about that doesn't, you know, produce income, but it's also where you spend Mm -hmm. most of your time and your accomplishments. And like, I just, I think it's foolish for people to think that work is something separate from who they are and what they're up to and what they're creating. Um, Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. You know, my mom and I, this last Wednesday, we went to speak at the college. They're starting an entrepreneurship program at Cal State Palm Desert. It's been very successful at Cal State San Bernardino. They have a whole program. And the guy that started it said it would took him years to get this program at college about entrepreneurship. And for me, that's what I would, I didn't go to college for entrepreneurship. I went for business, which are two separate things. You know, a business, you learn accounting, economics, management, but entrepreneurship is like this whole other thing. And it's so, so big in our lives. It like is our life, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I stopped going to college two years in because I said, you know, I'm paying all this money out of pocket. I just want to go learn from my mom and my dad because they were successful at the time. You know, they had four locations, the wholesale business was doing good. And I was like, I'm over here spending $300 on a, you know, chemistry book that I'll probably never use again. And not to not college because my boyfriend finished college and he said it was the best experience. It taught him so much things that he used in his life. So I'm not knocking college, but college isn't for everyone. No, I, I think and, I think that learning is for everybody. Like we're all learning. Like you can't be successful if you're not learning somewhere. But a college degree is very different than than learning. Like some people get it at college, yes. and some people get it in life, and some people like get it everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Like it is if you know it's not for you, like put your time, energy, and resources somewhere else. But you have to be learning something somewhere. And, you know, like the, the times we're living in now, entrepreneurship is so huge. Like they should have a separate college on entrepreneurship. 
you know, you have social media, you have like these kids are having these accounts that have like half a million followers or a quarter million of followers. And there's no college for them to learn how to create a product, make money off the product, to get customers to come back to their, their page or their YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, they're, the jobs are windling down because we're all online now. We're all shopping online. And, you know, if, if I were to be a teenager in this, this time, oh my God, it would be like, I would be like selling sandwiches online or, you know, like even what my mom and I are doing now, um, getting more into social media and marketing, you know, stuff like that, get people through the door, get more followers. And it just, it boggles my mind that, you know, in, in high schools, they're still like, go to college, go to college, go to college. And it's like, man, if they just had like, you know, another avenue for them to go down on entrepreneurship and starting your own business, it would be, it would help these kids tremendously. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship to me is a life skill because it's about being resourceful and creating something from nothing. And whether that Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't need to be a business. It could be a nonprofit. It could be a hobby. It could be how to bring your friends together and just how to organize your life. Like that's why when I'm coaching mm-hmm. people in in my consulting and coaching business, whether they're a business or they're there for personal coaching, it's the same questions. It's the same process because mm-hmm. living your best life is the same steps as you know running your best business. Yes. You know, you talked a little bit before, Athena, about how, you know, you and Paul stayed in your own lanes. As you've brought the kids into the business, like, what do the lanes look like today for the five of you? Well, that's a very cool question. That is a cool question. It's so cool because um, we did that, my husband and I, and it worked for us. The, uh, The young adults who are the owners of the company right now, they are they are working really hard to stay in their lanes. And, the, and, it, and it took them a while. Wouldn't you say, Melina? It took you guys about five years to get it. And it, uh, yeah. they each have their roles. They have their roles. Uh, Nate's the general manager. He knows his job. And Melina is, is social media, and she's marketing, and she's uh, also running the deli. And she's, also, she's got a lot on her list. She's also creating new products, trendy products. And then uh, Brandon, of course, is the president that – make sure everyone stays in their lane. Everybody from my husband, who's the financial guy, and me as the chef, he, uh, he's really good at that, real, real good at that. So, so yeah, all of, us, uh, all of us know our positions, and when we go into work, we're in our positions to make it work. The biggest struggle of a family business, and even with the listeners listening, is the number one reason I believe that family businesses don't work is because there's too many chiefs in the kitchen. You know, yep. um, our employees always say, your brother told me to do it this way. And now you're telling me to do it this way, you know, because we're all our own boss, which is great for business, but it's not great for running the business. So the main thing is what I've learned growing up and, you know, maturing is when my brother comes in to my space in the deli and he, you know, starts bossing everybody around and moving things around is I used to yell at him, get frustrated uh, throw a fit. And now I just walk out and I say, well, now I can go sit down at my desk because he'll run it for a little bit. <laughs> so I think it's like, I think it's like picking and choosing my battles because I'm a woman in the workplace and I understand I have two older brothers. So of course, if I 
move the table this way. They're going to move it and say, no, it looks better over here. That's just them. You know, they're my older brothers. I get that. And, you know, with, with what I like to post on social media or the new specials I like to bring out, they don't say anything. They don't cross in my lane when it comes to that stuff. So I was talking to my mom about it and I was like, I'm just going to put all my emphasis on that because that's like my position now at the business is sales, marketing, and uh, new items. So if they want to, you know, uh, manage the front more, then go ahead. It takes the weight off my shoulders. Well, and, and also for everyone listening that doesn't know your family, you guys are all very passionate. So, like, you, there's there's no separation between, um, you know, family thoughts and work thoughts and there's a lot of loud, like it's talking, it's loud, it's commotion, it's energy in all the right ways. And to see you guys um, get to a place where you can pause and you can like not make it personal and you can, you know, take a different route and be like, okay, like you said earlier, when I'm in a bad mood, I remove my, tell everybody and I hang it over here so I don't put my bad mood on on the space. And if they're in a mood where they're going to take charge on something, you're like, okay, fine. Like one less thing to do. And the maturity in that of the having the communication and reading each other, obviously it takes time to build that, but it's based on the fact that you guys know you're all committed, I think. Yeah. And not getting, you know, not taking it personal if, if they say something that I'm doing is wrong, you know? Yeah. Well, one thing I do, do know about them and thank goodness for, for that is, um, we, what has helped us an awful lot is taking courses to better ourselves, to all of us to better ourselves and then using the tools in the workplace and using the tools as family. It, it, it has helped me out a great deal. Even when, when they get into a real big argument, it's so cool because my, um, all three of them close the doors. They all have meetings at 5 o'clock. They talk about what happened. And uh, what they do that's so, so cool is they say, okay, well, I want to hear your side. I want to hear that side. But what I've told all of them, because they used to come to me for all the answers, and I have finally said to them, I don't have answers for you because I never worked with my family. So I can't give you those answers. But what I did offer to all of them is if it becomes so hard, I said to them, and they can't solve their problems or whatever thing that's bothering them, I said, the company will pay for you to go seek help by a professional. And that to me has worked because I don't have an answer for them. And I, I bet you can ask all the people out there, has any of you ever worked for your family? It's, it's a hard gig. Let me tell you, it's hard working with your family and you have to work on it every single day. And, uh, and thank goodness that we, uh, go seek help with professionals, you know, or, or things to inspire ourselves and things to make ourselves better because it's working for us and we're able to, to solve things. And we work very well as a team, all three of us. And the end result is we love each other tremendously and, and, um, everything goes in one pot. That's what my son Brandon always says. So, yeah. Well, and you guys have done a great job, not just in reaching out for additional courses, but also for, um, you know, when you guys don't know something, like bringing in help, bringing in experts to get an opinion or to get advice about um, what the next step should be, which, you know, so many people put so much ego into their companies when, 
you know, asking for help and knowing that you don't have all the answers is actually the fastest way to make your business healthier and to to allow it to keep expanding. Because you guys, I mean, even with the new place, like you don't know what's after that and what's next. Like, I love that you're open to discovering what that is and, and chasing the opportunities as they come up. Yeah, we're, you basically hit it right on, is that we are not afraid to admit our faults with our business and what we're not, you know, uh, super educated on. My brothers and I know that we're not super educated on, um, you know, starting a franchise. The second location, you know, is even big for us about getting the policies and procedures in line. You know, we need help with that stuff. Or we're not afraid to ask people or to bring outside sources in to teach us so we can learn more about expansion. The other stuff I think is so fascinating about TKB as a business is when people think about entrepreneurship today, they think a lot about what you guys have brought up, which are, you know, being a YouTube star or, you know, these tech companies that are part of Y Combinators and have all this funding. And, you know, when you think about who is a small business and who is an entrepreneur, a lot of people are forgetting the family businesses, the woman who's the independent hairstylist, the people who are, you know, in these kind of what you think of more as a freelance opportunity, but really it's your own business. And, you know, there's, there, people are thinking right now so much that entrepreneurship equals glamour. And I really want to break that myth um, out of the conversation because, you know, you guys have said it repeatedly already about how entrepreneurship is hard work. Entrepreneurship is making these sacrifices to to work together. It's it's getting out door to door. It's grinding. It's, you know, figuring out a way to go find onions when you've run out and, you know, you're taking the entire supply from Ralph's for the day. Um, it's a yeah. lot of hard work. And, you know, but there's so much opportunity in the things that may not look glamorous or may not be getting the respect that they should be today. Yeah. You know, um, I even look at like, uh, young girls that do makeup, lashes, uh, microblading, like all these new things with like, um, the females, yep. you know, female glamour is just like these young girls are like 21, 22 and man, they're making good money and they're wondering what's the next step. Do I go rent a studio? Do I hire more people and teach them how to do it like me? And they don't, they can't foresee past them just having 15 clients a month or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the girl that does my lashes, she does a great job. Great job. She sells herself short. You know, she does. She says, I I need to raise my prices because my rent went up and I'm like, raise them. The people aren't going to stop going to you. You're the best. And, um, you know, I said, don't do it three days a week. Start doing it five days a week. You know, um, start training other, get other girls in here to do it next to you. Have them rent a space next to you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, they, it's hard for people to uh, look past what they're already doing and, and foresee themselves being bigger and better. Yes, I 100% agree. It's honestly, it's why I love um, you know, coaching and consulting for women in businesses like that, like who are in startups, who are um, freelance or entrepreneurs or the family business, because there are so many opportunities today. And so often you just need someone else to like show you it's there or to remind you. Um, yes. There's so much growth potential for people who are doing their own thing. And 
like you said it, like, how do you get out of you having to be the one that generates all of your income? Like there's only mm-hmm. so many hours in a day. So either you keep raising your prices, you you do your build the wall strategy, which I think is a great strategy to have. Like, mm-hmm. you know that she, you, you know, hopefully she's not listening to this podcast because your eyelashes will go up significantly in price, but like she could probably <laughs> double her rate and a lot of her customers yeah. would still come because they're like, well, shit, like, sh- like I know I can trust her. They're going to last and look awesome. Like, I don't want to find somebody else. And okay. Like you, everyone adjusts. Um, mm-hmm. I think so much of it comes down you, to, you know, Oh, go ahead, Athena. My, my, my uh, daughter said the most amazing thing this morning and it kind of blew me away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what she was saying as a 32 year old woman, I already figured this out as a 65 year old woman. And I'm like, dang, as her being entrepreneur from, from the ground on, from being just a young girl, Melina, share what, share what you talked to me about today, about the journey of what you have done and that you wanted to say to a bunch of, to a lot of young people, young entrepreneur woman, women about the journey. The one thing that people always would ask my brothers and I is, you know, how long have you guys been doing this for? You know, they, they, they can't fathom that we've been doing it for 25 years. And I remember the days when my mom and I would be in the shop and we'd be looking out the window and we'd be like, how do we get people to come in? You know, we're barely making rent. Um, it's just us there. What do we do? And um, fast forward to now where it's like we have 50 employees. The lines are just piled out the door. The people just keep coming in. And I look back and, you know, it's like that corny saying, it's, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And for my mom and I, because we were the main ones that had the heart and soul in the, in the deli the most of the time, is uh, those were, if we did not go through those days, if we didn't go through the days when we didn't have any customers, when nobody was walking through our door, where we were figuring out, you know, what was our next step? How are we going to do it? if we would have got the Yelp number one 10 years ago, we would have crashed and crumbled because we wouldn't have been prepared the way we are because we went through every trial and tribulation to lead us up into this point. And, you know, I look back in my early 20s when it was just my brothers and I in one sandwich cart. Those were the times I wish I would have enjoyed them more. I wish I would have foreseen that we were always going to be successful I believe the moment you stop doing your dream is it's that's when it stops. You yeah. know, you mm-hmm. every day you got to just keep doing it, keep grinding because eventually you do get there. You do get there, and I I I miss those times. I miss the times when it's just the five of us running the shop, and those are the best times of my life. And I didn't embrace them as much as I wish I I I would have because uh, now it's like we never have time for each other. There's so many people in our business. We're growing so fast and we never have time off. So for me, this next journey of this new building and wherever else we might go with our business, I'm really just going to enjoy the moments and just let it happen and not have any doubt. No, I, I love oh, that. Amen on that. That, that was so <laughs> emotional. I'm, cr- I'm on the other end crying. It's like, oh my God, you know, and, and, and when she told me that today, I mean, I just, tears were just like flowing down because when I was her age, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. 
and it's now at 65 years old. And she said that to me, I had a wake up call. It was like, you're so right. It's just like be in the present moment. Enjoy the, you know, the time that you're, enjoy the journey. And it, it was an amazing journey. And yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah, we had, we, it was a risk. Yeah, it was all of those. But those are learning tools, you know. But anyway, stop crying. I'll stop crying. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's so true in that, like, having faith that it's going to work out and having faith that you are creating something bigger than you can see it right now, like, that's the biggest um, hurdle to get over. Because once you believe in what you're capable of, and especially the five of you together— it changes things. Like we we get so stuck in the fear and the worry and the anxiety. And the reality is that when we're feeling those things, nine times out of 10, like we have enough food. Our rent is paid this month. Like in this current moment, yeah. it's okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's also why I think to your point about like needing to teach more people about being resourceful and being entrepreneurs. Like if you know that you can generate income from anything, it changes your perspective of fear and money. Yes. There's a lot of people, they have fear of money. They have fear that they, that if they start their own business, that they're not going to make it and they're going to be out on the street. Yeah. And you'll never be out on the street. Well, as long as you work, as long as you got two hands. As long as yeah. you have two hands, a brain, and you're alive, that's what I always say. And as and as long as you're ready to put the foot, the first foot forward, get to work, and it'll happen. It will. I remember at the Entrepreneur, the Palm Desert, Cal State, uh, Dr. Mike had said uh, when he was speaking to all of us, he says, "What people don't understand is 99% of the world is entrepreneur." Yep. If you really stop and think about it, it's the truth. The Ford, the, uh, you know, the cars, the TV, everything that you touch is an entrepreneur that created that. Isn't that amazing? That's so amazing. Well, and that's how it's been for most of humanity. But, you know, in the past 50 years, say, we've forgotten that most people had to be self-made. Most people had to be artisans or have a craft or have a skill that they learned themselves. They passed on to their family and... Like you had to figure it out. There weren't these, um, you know, easier opportunities of of get into the get into the corporate lane and it's smooth sailing, you know, to retirement. Yeah, or just go to college, get your degree, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, a job that has you benefits. You get paid a certain amount, and then boom, you're set. Yeah, like that. It's, it not, just, it's not like that. No, and I I don't know anywhere that's happening now. And if it is happening, like really appreciate that because that's like the fluke moment in your life and in, in <laughs> history's life, most likely. Um, and I think too, like as much as people are afraid of not having money, a lot of people are afraid of making the money, of not being worth uh, being paid, of not being worth, um, you know, their skills being a value that they should make money off of them, which is a whole nother, you know, area to coach people in and give people freedom in. Yeah, I'm like I was I was just going to say that is, you know, um my mom and I always dreamt about lines out the door, billboards on the freeway, being this landmark and then boom it happened. And oh my god, that's when the real work set in. Like I'm talking like 12, 14 hour days, 
six, seven days a week, nonstop. It didn't stop. So what happens is people, you know, they dream of having these big businesses or having all these people come through the door. But if you're not, if you don't have that work ethic to handle it, your business will, you know, crumble. Like, um, with the whole Yelp thing, we, we went to Yelp headquarters like three years ago to speak at them because of our success on Yelp. And they were telling us stories where a lot of these companies that would make the top 10, top 20, they would get those lines out the door, what they dreamed about, and they couldn't handle it. Yep. They didn't know how to hire, hire more people. They didn't know how to, now you got to hire, um, order more inventory. Now you got more problems, you know, more money, more problems. So with the money comes more work, more problems, more everything. So you get the money, you get the success, but then it, it, it doesn't stop, you know? And a lot of people can't handle that. Well, I think that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to have some of the years under your belt of going through the smaller mountains to climb. Because if you go from nothing to Mount Everest, like very few people are going to be able to make that happen. Yeah, well, it's like celebrities that, it's like celebrities that, you know, get their 15 minutes real quick and then it all crumbles so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So as you guys, like we were kind of talking about how you, the business goes through different phases, right? Like there's moments when it's awesome and everything's working and then a, a challenge comes up because you've expanded, there's something new, there's something you don't know, there's a breakdown somewhere. And then you go back into living in a new reality where that is just part of the new program. Where do you guys see yourselves today? Like, are you are you in a growth period where you're expanding and then you'll need to come back to some kind of, you know, balance between everybody? Or like, where do you feel it's at now and where will it be in the next year or so? Well, the biggest things that we're working on now that we've never had before is human resources and policies and procedures. So we've always been a mom and pop shop that kind of didn't, didn't have those departments like a big corporation. So the main things that we're trying to focus on now is, you know, my mom obviously is getting older. So her recipes are like written down on pieces of paper, but they're like gold, right? So these like golden recipes. So getting those recipes in a platform for, you know, so it could be um, easy for employees to come in and make these products. And there's, you know, it's still the same product that my mom creates. Mm -hmm. So the next growth period is um, being, uh, being politically correct, you know, uh, having human resources, the more employees you have, you have to have human resources. We never had that before. Uh, policies and procedures. So if we were to expand, um, you know, there's a, a big book that you open up and this is how, you know, Melina does this. This is how the founder creates this. This is our mission statement. This is our, you know, how we do customer service, all that stuff. So it's stuff that we've never tapped into all these years that we now are doing. And it's, it's hard because we have brain patterns of how we are with employees, how we are with customers and my brothers and I are just trying to make that transition to now, um, you, you know, be politically correct so it doesn't bite us in the ass. And also just getting it all on paper, right? It sounds like a just mm-hmm. an operations overhaul of taking what you've done and what's worked and now getting it on paper so it can be replicatable. Yeah. Believe it or not, to me, you know, people that went to college 
or people that, you know, are smart, that's easy for them, but we're kind of backwards. So we, uh, we're, we're great at, you know, getting people through the door, getting them to frequent our spot. Um, you know, we're great at having high profit margins, but when it comes down to like the stuff you would think would be easy for us, it's very hard. Well, I think the good news is that a lot more of the operational making manuals part, it's very easy to find someone to do that for you. Um, yeah. So that that's the relief, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, that we, now we could just hire somebody to do that. So how do you guys find time for yourselves, for your relationships, for all the other things in life that you care about that's outside of the deli? Well, that's a good question for Melina. Yeah, because 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 uh, I'm I'm getting I, I got like a, a few steps out the door. So for me, um, getting ready for retirement, uh, I think for me it's coming up really quick, and I, I'm still I think if I like Melina says if you stop dreaming if you stop doing that then I'm dead. And so what I what for myself I'm going to continue to keep moving forward with the business, but. There. So speaking of all that, it's my 65th birthday, and I want to bring all the family together. But we've narrowed it down. We've all narrowed it down to just two days. That's it. And it, and that's a tough gig for us. But um, that question we'll ask Melina. Melina, what what do you do? Seeing that you're not a mother and you don't have children, tell all of us out there how that works for you. <laughs> Well, I think that's, I think that's the, biggest thing is that, the biggest thing is that I don't have kids. So my biggest fear is to have kids because my time is so like, not so minimal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like even with my boyfriend, it's so like, we don't have time for anything. So I feel like, oh, you know, throwing two kids. Oh my God. I like lose my mind. I don't know how women do it with kids, a business, all that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is like, on days like today. So everybody, so we don't have our business open on Sundays and, you know, a bunch of customers have been like, you know, Sundays will be great. Um, you know, all these people after church would come to your place. But I told my, my mom and my brothers and my dad, I said, whatever we do, let's never open up Sundays. Sundays are, have always traditionally been family days, uh, where people have closed their business down. So I think, having the whole Sunday where the entire family is off is such a blessing because we're not worried about the business. The lights are off, business is closed and we can all the day with our own families or, you know, even I'll go over to my brother's house and he's not working. It just, I think just having that Sunday off is, is what makes it work for us. And also, you know, like I told my mom, I said, I can't go on vacations that are like, party, 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 drink, 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 have fun. But I think the older I get, I have to choose destinations where I like literally sit on a beach or I sit at a resort and I turn my phone off and I don't talk to anybody. You need a full recharge. Full recharge because what happens is like even this past season from January to April, I went hard. I'm talking hard. I was working six, seven days a week plus at night, I was going out having a great time. I was like, work hard, play hard. And I literally got burnt out, like where I was just done. I was done. And I lost my voice. I had to go to wedding. You know, I'm at that age where there's like a wedding every other, you know, season. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I just, I shut down. So I just started planning like, you know, my trips and organizing myself. And uh, I, I feel like when I take three, four days off, instead of just one or two, that it, I get a new passion for the business and I get a full recharge. It's so, so important. I think not, yeah, I think like I was taking one day off a week. Like this week, I only took one day off. And I'm already like, you know, what I have to do tomorrow, what I have going on this week. So I think it's very important to take off, you know, three, four days um, in a row and just shut your phone off and not talk to anybody. This, this, this is this, uh, this is what the tradition that that I just started. I when when we first opened up the business, I had a tradition, and and I said, and I'm going to keep that tradition. Is I I believe that Sundays everyone should be off, even the employees, because it, it's a, just a recharge. And and even on Sundays, all the employees said, hey, we're not working. Let's go do this. And you know, it's it's always going to be in my company. And I told all of the owners that guys, we have to keep that, tr- that tradition going. And then, then for the first time this year, and the kids are all going to say, thank you, mom is, um, for the first time I told all of them because Melina's right. They have been putting in the hours. People don't know they're putting in 10 hour shifts, six days a week. All of them were okay for years. And this is the first year that I said, enough is enough. Let's figure this thing out and everyone take a Saturday, not a Saturday, but two days off a week. And you guys all got to learn to cover each other. And so what I've seen is I've seen new owners. I've seen my, my children happier. They get along. They're able to focus. They get a lot of things done. And I want that to continue because you know, sometimes as an entrepreneur, you can work 24 seven, you're going to end up burying yourself. And there is another world out there. And that's what we learned. So uh, thank God for all that. So go ahead. This is uh, Jordan. Um, and one of the things I was going to say is that it's, I 100% agree with you of taking the one day off compared to the three or four days off. I worked for like seven years and all different types of food service settings. And one day off was not enough relaxation to realize like, okay, now I can like be calm and collective and come back to work nice. Cause you already knew you had to be at work the next day, but having those three or four days, yeah, you're not even calm. Yeah. You're not calm. You're, you're anxious. You're like, yeah, whatever I need to get done. Like I had to get done. And then like, maybe I can have like an hour to like watch TV or something. But Having those mm-hmm. three or four days, especially when you're talking to stranger after stranger after stranger, like I'm an extrovert to begin with, but as I get older, I can like sense more introvertedness coming into play. But constantly yeah. being with people, constantly talking to strangers, and like knowing those people, knowing their orders, seeing them all the time, and seeing new people, and making mm-hmm. sure their experience is good. That is so draining. Yeah. So to have those three, so draining. Yeah. To have those three or four days off, that's, yes, it makes a world of a difference. And oh, you're yeah. like excited. And, and, you're like excited to see your customers after not, you know, you kind of yeah. want that interaction with people when you don't have it. So I told, I totally agree. It's like, it's like, 
being a hermit in your, you know, in your home or whatever for two, three days, you're like, all right, now I'm like ready to like talk to people, be with the employees, like, you know, be a boss, all those things. And when you're constantly doing it, that's when you get little attitudes with the employees, you get attitudes of customers. Oh, yeah. It's bad for business. 100%. So you, you oh, need... Yeah. True. When, True. When you're with uh, people from day, from the morning you wake up to by the time you go to bed, those days off, like as much as you want to go out and do something, sometimes the best thing for your mental health is to not be anywhere with anyone. To hibernate. (laughs) (laughs) So right. So as the business is expanding and growing and there's always the change happening between, um, you know, what you guys are focusing on and what's next, um, how have you guys been incorporating your commitments to the local community and Coachella Valley into your business? Yeah, that's great because that's what my brothers and I have been talking about because right now is summertime in the desert. So it's definitely slowed down for us compared to January through April. And uh, we, our last meeting was, you know, doing more charitable causes now that we have the time and uh, going and speaking to the young kids. Um, Earlier this year, I, this woman started this career day at Palm Desert High School. It was so great. It was two days long. She got all the young girls from all across the valley. They had, you know, gifts for the girls. They had all these speakers. It was pure women. It was career day for girls. And I was invited to go both days. And I brought, you know, a bunch of swag. I brought cookies. So it's doing things in our community now that we're at that age where, um, you know, the young kids can look up to us, you know, being in our 30s and having the success we had at the shop. Um, So we're thinking more of what can we do for the young kids out here in the valley, seeing that we're not in a big city, there's not much to do. And, you know, my mom and I went and spoke at Cal State Palm Desert to the college kids. Um, In a week, I'm going to speak to the elementary kids. So I've never done anything like that. So, you know, going out there and, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you don't get paid for it. You know, you know, maybe I'll get more customers out of it. Maybe I won't, but it's so rewarding to go and, you know, talking to these young kids and they know who you are. Like, it's like these nine, 10 year olds. They're like, Oh, my parents love going there. or Oh, I love your guys free cookies or stuff like that. (laughs) So going out into our community and like actually having a one-on-one talk to our customers opposed to them just coming in, taking their order, you know, taking care of them actually like sitting down with them and speaking to them and them telling us, you know, thoughts about our business or, you know, why didn't they come back? So when, when we go out into the community and my mom, I took her this last time and she absolutely enjoyed it. It was super educational for us. So going out and speaking, actually speaking to our customers and hearing what they have to say about our business is super rewarding. Mm -hmm. True. I agree. And we want to do more of that. It's like, and me and Melina is a team of two women, you know, it's like even more powerful and it's like, uh, you know, let's do this, you know, Melina, let's, let's give more to the community. You get back so much more in return when you give to the community. And that's what me and Melina have learned. We don't want, you know, uh, money or this or that. We just want smiles on people's faces and just to inspire people. And that, 
is a, is a lot for us. It's so important. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, because it shows up in how you guys take care of your customers and your customers are your community. And there's so much growth happening right now in Coachella Valley after all the attention it's received from the two weeks of Coachella and then the one week of Stagecoach. And like, it's now becoming like on the map after all of that's been happening and been successful. So um, it's still um, an area of the world that does have a lot of like income discrepancy and, you know, it's not like even just Palm Springs to the, I guess, east side of the valley. Like it's very different of like what there is to do and what's accessible and um, even career choices. So I think for successful business owners like you guys to make a difference and show what's possible and just to to be another role model for what is available in your home community is really important. Yeah, you know, like... Um so I have my place in, in West LA that I've had for 10 years. And, um, my boyfriend, he lived in LA for about seven years and he's, he's been out here with me for a year and we travel back and forth and he absolutely loves it out here. And he loves that there's so much land, there's so much space, it's peaceful, it's quiet. And I think that LA and Orange County have really like caught on to the fact that it is like this secret hideaway, mm-hmm. the desert. And you're not crammed up in this small apartment for, you know, three, four thousand dollars a month. You can get a home, you know, for three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars, and it's like this massive home with a pool, um, no traffic. You can see the stars at night. The only thing, the drawback of the desert is jobs because it's very seasonal and it's very, it's hospitality. You know, there's no big corporations out here, mm-hmm. but the, the great thing about the desert is it thrives off entrepreneurship, you know, because we get all these travelers that come in. And I think that the desert is going to get bigger and bigger, especially with the Los Angeles crowd, because it's just getting too hard to live in those areas. And you're just piled on, you know, people after people, and um, you st- and the weather is changing too in LA. It's getting hotter out there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm like excited to see what's going to happen to the desert in the next ten twenty years. For sure. I mean, even since exactly. Exactly. I've been going out there and seeing the differences, it's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even you know you, Kara, you've been in my brother's house, right? No, not yet. Oh, you, it's. It's amazing the house that he got. Amazing. He got such a good deal. Never, nobody's never lived in it. He built a pool from, from nothing, from dirt. It's just, it's crazy. I'm really excited to go and see it. Um, when I was at the deli a couple of weeks ago, that's what we were talking about. Because um, Jesse's been out a bunch, and I just haven't yet because of recording mm-hmm. and schedule. So next time. I just, I mean. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a place that we were looking at buying property because there are great homes. It is affordable. Um, even if you can't make it your primary residence yet, like there's so much opportunity between like, there's a lot of events that happen out there. So to, it is possible to Airbnb and to provide other, you know, income streams that that's what's possible because it is so hard in California to buy a home. And the fact that there are communities that, you know, want people to, you know, walk to things and hang out and, and put a stake in the ground and, add color to the community that exists today is, is quite cool. 
Yeah, that's a, my friends from LA, they want to do, they want to buy like a house here and make it a Airbnb. And then when they're, when, when, you know, they want time off, just come out to the house and have a little getaway, mm-hmm. which I think is so smart. Yes. So we ask all of the people that come on the podcast um, where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale, zero being average human and 10 being super powerful lady that's unstoppable. Um, So I'd love to know from each of you where you feel you're at today and where you feel you're at on average. And we can start with Athena. Well, I'm not a 10 yet. There's still a lot of work to, there's still a lot of work to go, to keep going. And, um, I would probably look that uh, look at myself and say, "Hmm," because you know I deal with with employees all day long and trying to inspire them and try to make them go beyond and and even de- doing it with my children. It's like I guess I would probably say I'm probably a seven. That's probably what I would say. I might have to scale of, of a seven because there's more to go. You never stop learning. And what I I'll give you an example. I've created 300 recipes. Correct. Mm-hmm. But I'm not done. I'm not done. I, I, I said, you know what? All day today, if people, people want to know my life, uh, you know, I'm a 65-year-old. You think I'm going to be retired over a beach or whatever? No, I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to create a menu for a baby shower. You know, and people don't understand how hard that really is. But and it's constantly using your brain, constantly creating, constantly putting art out there. And it's like... You know, but I'm not finished. I, I, I want more. The, the only downfall I find with myself, though, to be superhuman and, and all of that is mm-hmm. that the hard part for me, the hard part for me is I've got so much to give. It's just incredible, you know, what, what I could do with all the knowledge I've learned all these years. But the hard part for me is that you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you could do it. You could do it. You could reach the skies because I can you know, I've gotten to the top. I've done all that kind of stuff. But at 65 years old, every day, you, you, now you're running into my hands can't do the 10 hours anymore. My feet can't stand on my feet for six hours. That's the hard part for me because I woke up this morning and I said, oh, my God, you know, I could create this amazing big catering. You know, I could do this, you know. But then I look at myself and I say, but I don't have a stamina anymore. It's tougher. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard part for me is that I know I can be a 10. I know I can be a 12. I know I can be up there. But this, my stamina being the age that I am is starting to fall down. So where do you go from there? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not my fault. That's not my fault. It's just the way uh, your body is. It's, it's the way the age is. You know, I do look at, I do look at Trump. I look at, at everyone that's going to be running there. They're in their 70s, 77 years old, but what are they taking to keep their stamina up? It's like, <laughs> dang, you know, <laughs> okay. do we have a shot here? And in fact, I told my daughter, I said, may, and I even told my, um, you know, my live well clinic doctor is I said, Okay, could I every week come in and do an IV pump of vitamins to get me moving? And he goes, "Yeah, you can." And I'm like, "Okay, you know." But I wonder sometimes about the the people who are running our government. What are they doing to keep their stamina up? Because I want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that mm-hmm. so I can keep moving forward. But anyway, that's that's me. Well, when I'm I at. when I come out to the desert next, I'm going to bring you a whole bunch of goodies. Then. Okay. <laughs> 
I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> How about you, Melina? Okay, so, um, I, it was uh, on a scale from uh, zero to ten. If I'm power, powerful lady, yes, I would say I'm a I'm a I'm a ten, in the fact that you know being a being a woman and and running a business and deal and dealing with every month that we have an emotional breakdown that we can't control and that I haven't killed anybody yet at the business <laughs> because of it, I would say it makes me a 10. I um, like it. <laughs> the, one, the one thing that I'm not a 10 at being a powerful lady that I know is in my cards, I'm just stalling on it, is being a mom. Because yeah. women out there that are moms that also have careers, that also have husbands to tend to, that have a social life to tend to, everything. I mean, those women, I give any women out there that are listening, that are mothers, career women, wives, and they still hit the gym, they still look, you know, bomb when they go out. I give them so much kudos because I haven't even tapped into that world yet. I don't know what that world looks like for me. So what's in my cards, what, what I need to work on is juggling career, relationship, friends, social life, and becoming a mom. That's the next step. Yeah, I think it's great because like both of you hit on, you know, being, feeling powerful and also needing to figure out how to like keep expanding, right? And I think that mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that women in particular don't think about enough is, you know, what does it look like for it not to be done by us, but just guided by us? Like, what does it look like for us to be the conductor instead of the one playing the instrument? Because that's really the key to expanding what we're trying to create, right? Like, just like you guys know, you couldn't get to where you are today with your business without your 50 employees. So, you know, anytime that I find that I'm really overwhelmed and I feel like I just can't do it, I take that as a sign from the universe that I'm not looking at creating a team around it and delegating it the way that I should. Like, that's my that's my sign. And yes, there's always things to build in, like looking at my schedule more and finding the time and making sure I'm doing self care and all that. But we have so there, we have such an opportunity to widen our circle to allow people to support us and contribute to us and kind of take the baton and run with it. Um, that I wish more women realized they didn't have to do it all on their own. Amen on that. <laughs> I, you know, like <laughs> I know that I know that this podcast is for women, but I I really hope that the men listen to it because my biggest racket about being a woman is we're supposed to be so we're in an age where we work, we're career women, we're entrepreneurs, we're all these things, right? But my brothers always get mad at me for having to go get my nails done, my lashes, my eyebrows, my hair. Like, I, men do not understand what it takes to be a woman and be put together. And it really frustrates me because we have this history of, you know, our nails have to look a certain way or our bodies or, you know, like even our closet. Mm -hmm. You know, like my closet is like, quadruple the size of my boyfriend's he can wear a black tee and blue jeans but I have to wear a dress to an event or I have to wear heels you know all these things that we are as women 
where we, we, we don't have to look it, but obviously, you know, of course you want to be done up and look beautiful. And it's just frustrating to me that guys don't understand what it really takes for us to be put together. It's a lot of different stuff. And then on top of it, you know, we have to be wives, mothers, make money, support the household, clean the house. It's a lot. And they need to back off and they need, <laughs> we need to get paid. We need to get paid more because of those things. And you know, how men have always gotten paid more. Well, our argument should be that we should be paid more. If you want our boobs to look good, if you want our butts to look good, if you want our lashes done, if you want our hair done, then guess what? Our income needs to be higher because they don't need that stuff done. We do. Amen. You know, the women have what a lot of people got to understand about women is we were gifted multitasking. I have worked with so many women and we are so gifted with multitask. It's, it's like incredible. And, you know, and I come from the old school where when the husband says, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? And then you're doing that, cleaning that, taking care of your children, running a business, doing all of that kind of stuff. It's like, it's tough. It's a tough gig, but we've got that gift of multitasking, you know. Thank goodness, because I think if we did, <laughs> really? couldn't multitask, then either us or the kids would have ended up getting killed somewhere along the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> Love the women. <laughs> well, no, there are so many days when I fantasize about being the Don Draper character in Mad Men, where I just come home and, like, the house is clean and there's a drink waiting for me and... Like my responsibilities oh my for the day are I done, wish. right? Like, how do I get? Oh my god! Uh, I, I don't know if it's a butler or a wife. Like, I'm not sure what I need, <laughs> but like, I just <laughs> I, how, how do I how do I delegate those things? Like, it'd be so nice to come home and know I can sit down. But normally, I have a rule where I come home and I don't sit down. Like, I was raised yeah. that you don't have fun until all the work is done. So it's hard. Yeah to have that mentality as an entrepreneur because it's never done. So I really have to like take a whole day where I'm not allowed to do work or think about it. And it's a struggle to get there. But once I get there, I'm glad I was. But most days, like I stop running or recording or doing stuff. And then I'm switching exactly to what you said, cleaning the house, doing dishes, doing laundry, making sure I'm like scheduling time with my friends so I can actually see them. Um, and when I finally sit down, it's like, I don't even want to spend this time watching TV. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, You're, like, annoyed already. You're, like, okay, let's go to sleep. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. The, t- the tough thing, too, the tough thing, too, is, you know, like, being a woman that makes good money, you know, and being with a man that doesn't make as much money, um, a, lot of, a lot of girls that, you know, are with men that make more money. There's, we don't talk about the women that make more than their man. And it's, there is a, I'm sure there's a big percentage of us out there now yep. in 2019. And the biggest thing is, you know, still having them feel like they're the man of the house because, you know, the, like as women start progressing more and more, we want all, we, we want to be these bosses. We want to be treated equally we want all these things. We, you know, it's like hashtag me too, you know, don't assault me. Don't look at my boobs. Don't treat me like, you know, a piece of meat, all this stuff. But yet we're forgetting that we love when a man is a man 
you know, so it's like finding this balance where we can still be bossy, we can still be, you know, these powerhouse women, but we don't want our men to be weak at the same time. So it's like this crazy thing of like, I want you to open the door, but you don't have to pay for dinner. You know, like, it's yeah. like a weird balance. No, I think that's a great you way know, to like, put it because you, you want, you want a partner and you want an equal, um, and you still want a gentleman. I never thought that, I just assumed that if the more money I made, it would just be a good thing. Like it would help the yeah. family. It would help this. I'd have more savings and a 401k and it was just good. There wouldn't be any negative impact. And there definitely have been moments when I've had to have conversations about, um, you know, wanting to go on a big trip and my partner not being able to afford it. And I have to sell yeah. it even harder. Like, no, no, like I'll pay for it. It's fine. Like, I want you to come. Like, let's just go. Like, I have the money. It's okay. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always sit well because of how we were each raised individually and having to kind of get through that. But I mean, even on the flip side, like now that for the first time ever, like right now I'm making the least amount of money I've made since I first started working because of like flipping into the entrepreneur space and starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to me because, you know, I think I'm making no money, but in comparison to the rest of the world, I'm still fine, right? I can feed myself, I can pay my rent. Um, And now to go into to flip roles where I'm making less money than my partner, like it's now I have an issue where I don't want to spend their money on the fun things. Like I don't mind sharing bills that are for the house and groceries and, you know, like regular stuff. But when it comes to like, you know, like I need, I haven't gone shopping in six months. Can I go shopping? Like it was a big thing for me to be like, may I have a hundred dollars to go find (laughs) something? And I hated it. I felt like such a weakling having to ask for money. And um, I just had to have a breakdown because like, I can't, I don't want to, I have plenty of clothes in my closet, but there's something about just having like a new shirt that can change your whole perspective. Yeah. So now. It feels good to feel good. Yeah. And like, and then, you know, I was having back problems and I'm like, I just really need a massage. Like normally if it was, I would not think twice and just go do it. And it took me two weeks to be like, may I go do this? And I hate asking for permission. Um, and it's not, yeah. it's not him saying I need to ask permission. Um, he doesn't care, but it's me and my story about my money versus not my money. Yeah. And he's probably happy to, you know, he probably feels like a man, like I'm taking care of my lady, you know, like roles have changed. Probably helps. It's probably a big benefit for the relationship as well. I'll have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as we wrap up for the day, what are some last um, bits of advice that you would love the listeners to have either about going after their best life or, you know, starting their own business or being entrepreneurs? Do you want to go, Mom? I'll let Melina answer that first. Melina, you answer that. Or are you going to try to gotta think about answer? it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta think about that. Uh, I think... I think the, I think the biggest thing, um, is, is, you know, every day is work, you know, it's not, it's, it's, there's time for fun. There's time to have a good time, but every day is work. 
and not getting stressed out that every day is work, but actually embracing it, enjoying it, being in the moment, and that nothing's wrong, nothing's ever wrong. Wherever you are in your life is where you're supposed to be. And to just enjoy the journey because eventually you are going to get there. The money will come. You'll spend the money. It'll be great. And just to enjoy your moment, enjoy your family, your friends, enjoy the age that you're at and not always trying to, to uh, move too quick. Don't try to get to where you want to be too quick because you, it's coming. Time is moving. Mm-hmm. That's it. And if I, if, if I was to give uh, all you youngins some good advice, is if you have a dream or a vision or something that you love, love, love to do, follow it. Go with it. Don't give up. Keep going. Because eventually you get to where you want to be. Like Melina says, it's a journey. And you just got to go through all of that. And sometimes I do find that if, if, if you have a vision or a dream and it's not working at that time for you, it's getting you frustrated and you just can't get there. What you do is just go around it. Go around it and do something that's still in that category because you'll go right back to it again. And it's, it's just a matter of where you're at. And um, so, yeah, if I could give people advice, keep following your dreams. Don't ever take no for an answer. If it's something deep down inside that you believe in and you could have and you have that gut feeling, the gut feelings are truthful and just follow them and keep moving forward. And it does take a lot of work, but it's okay. We can do it. Okay. I love it. Great advice from both of you. Well, thank you guys so much for being a yes to powerful ladies, for being your own powerful ladies in your business and your success and being willing to share what you've learned for everyone that's you know following in paths you know alongside you guys um it's been such a treat to get to share this with you and i can't wait until i'm back out in the desert and get to see you guys again soon thank you so much kara thank you Jordan. yeah thank you kara Running a family business is no joke. Then running a successful family business with both of your parents and all of your siblings for 25 years is a whole other level. I love that Athena and Melina shared how much they work, how much work they put into their communication and interpersonal relationships that the business can thrive and so can their family. And that now 25 years later with their success, they're reaching out to the local community to help other entrepreneurs thrive. It's true that business and entrepreneurship are two very different things. Many universities have been switching their focus to entrepreneurship, and I'm hoping that more people are realizing that they are entrepreneurs and that small business is within their own reach. While you're dreaming up your next business, make it a point to visit TKB Deli, of course for a great meal, but also to see what a thriving family business looks like in person. I recommend a petite sophisticate sandwich with avocado on jalapeno bread, and don't forget to try the churro cheesecake. To connect, support, and follow TKB, Molina, and Athena, you can visit the deli, TKB Deli in Indio, California. You can leave them a Yelp review and, of course, tag your delicious meal on their Instagram, at TKB Bakery. You can follow them on Twitter, The Kids Business. Follow them on Facebook, TKB Deli. And visit their website, tkbbakery.com. You can also email Molina and Athena directly. Molina is tkb.m sipple at gmail 
And Athena is tkb.ajsipple at gmail.com. All of the correct spellings, all of the links, and all the other notes from this episode are available at thepowerfulladies.com. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com to hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful, get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop, or donate to the Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving campaign. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. For show notes and to get the links to the books, podcasts, and people we talk about, go to thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. She's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world, if not the first. And she also happens to be the best. We're very lucky to have her. She's a powerful lady in her own right, in addition to taking over the podcasting world. She's a singer-songwriter working on her next album, and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her, and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies, and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.